the darker you are, it seems like there's more suffering. And this is something that we're trying to reverse with subjects like melanin, where when you have more dark, you're actually more preserved from the earth. Like you have more information from the planet, like things like that, where just kind of reshaping the conversation because we've been brainwashed to hate. Hey y'all, you are listening to The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective. Somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now before I get started, I do want to give you guys a note of gratitude as usual. Thank y'all for listening to the show. You can listen to so many different podcasts and you choose to listen to mine and I really appreciate that. I'm no listeners, no show, so it means the world to me to know that I'm making a difference in somebody's life. So that makes me happy. I feel like this show can really help people and um, inspire people through the perspectives that we have. And this week's perspective is... Young Paris, and I'm so excited that I was able to interview him while I was in New York. It was it was cool. He's very down to earth. And the thing I like about Young Paris is that there's so many boxes that Young Paris could fit in because he does so many different things. But he's an ambassador. He's a cultural ambassador and visionary. That's how I look at it. Um, he's very artistic, very creative, very diverse in terms of, you know, dance, art, fashion, music. Um, he does everything. It's really inspiring to hear about how he turned himself up. I mean, the Melanin Monday hashtag is all Young Paris. I know a lot of y'all remember that and still do it to this day. Young Paris basically created his own wave and got the attention of Rock Nation. And that's how he got signed. He ended up putting out three albums in the past year and a half. And that says a lot. He's also, you know, giving talks about the future. You know, Africa is the future. If he's not sitting next to Lionel Richie during Fashion Week or doing some kind of photo shoot as he models as well, he's on a plane to Chicago, you know, at the Obama summit or, um, you know, talking to Al Gore about climate change. And that makes me feel good because there's somebody using their platform and their artistry for not only bringing awareness to his culture and his roots, which are uh, which is Africa. He's Congolese. His people are from the Congo. He was born in Paris. He is based out of New York now. So not only is he bringing awareness about his culture and his roots and how fly and how dope it is, he's also using his influence to make a difference in the world. He's making great strides in the world around him as well as in his career. And I know that it's only going to get better from here. So it's really cool to watch him um, ascend as well as remain humble. He was so nice. He was so gracious to talk to me. Um, for about a good 20, 25, 30 minutes, we were at the African Food Festival out there in Brooklyn, and I really enjoyed this interview. So with that being said, here is an interview with Young Paris. Young Paris, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. What's up, Maria? <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, who is Young Paris? Uh, young Paris is a uh, son of the great Ilomi Badila and Pamela Badila is a brother, it's a cousin, it's a lover of people and melanin and all things that are prospering the people of color in, in the world. You know, that's, my thing is really compilating the beauty of what it is to have the black experience in our time today. So you were born in, in Paris, right? So what was that like growing up, um, you know, obviously, Congo, from Congo, your roots are there, and then you're born in Paris, and then you end up getting to New York. What was that like in terms of your experience, in terms of culture? 
Yeah, so I grow up, my father was, uh, my father co-founded the National Ballet of Congo, so he was, uh, he was a big performer in Africa, and you can imagine, like, having a, just growing into a family of performing artists, like, my mother was also a playwright, so she was very theatrical, and they never, they didn't have jobs, so we grew up with, like, pure theater and art and performance, so just growing up in Paris, like, you know, my father had a dance studio there, we had a house, um, I left Paris when I was very young, so I don't remember too much, but... Um, I do remember just being in a household that was always filled with activity. So, like, you know, I had 10 siblings growing up, so it was very, very, very active, very artistic. And my parents put us into the arts with them. So we eventually started our own family-based drum and dance company and just started touring as a family. My father actually left the ballet, and we just started doing it as a family, like, in my very early years in Paris and then moving to the States. So I, I was born in Paris, and I moved to the States when I was around five or six. And we would go to the Congo, back to my father's home, and, and kind of do this triangle in life, like Congo, Paris, and New York. So what made you decide to do music? So at, between like the ballet and, and, and what you're doing with your siblings, what made you say, okay, music is what I want to do? I think for me it was already being in that world, just being around the arts. And when I say ballet, people get twisted, especially in the States, because in ba ballet in France means dance troupe. So the ballet is like, when you see African dancing drummers, that's called a ballet. But a lot of people here translate that to like ballet, like figurine dancing. Um, but yeah, I think for me, like I started dancing actually. I was, a, I was a choreographer when I was like 14, 15. And just being inspired by like my peers and the community around me growing up in New York. Everybody was rapping, so I wanted to rap. And I started like just making music, like kind of putting my own beats and my own version of like these traditional African sounds with contemporary rap music at the time. And just storytelling, you know, I felt like I had a story to tell and I just started rapping. Okay, so what do you define your music as? My, my music now is like, I mean, it depends because right now I'm spending a lot of time channeling and like working with Afro beats. And like that's just my focus on the type of music that I want to make because I think it really compilates the sound that I've always been trying to gear my sound towards where it has electronic elements, it has dance elements, and it has the traditional African ambiance as well. So Af Afro beats is really what I want to tackle, but I still do, you know, I can do pop music, I do hip hop, I rap, you know, but Afro beats right now. So I look at you as a cultural ambassador. I know you're an artist, but I look at it from a cultural ambassador standpoint. Um, weren't you selected to do, uh, what was it, the Obama, the Obama Foundation, correct? Yeah, so the, the Obama, um, I'm just one of the civic leaders for the Obama Foundation. So I think I'm going to sit on a panel. And this is happening at the end of October in Chicago. And I think it's their first annual Obama Foundation. So it's just tackling certain subjects that are happening in younger communities and how they're using this information from different public figures to excel these, like, these conversations and take action. So my thing is really all about melanin and preserving, like, the experience of being a person of color and how we've been able to evolve from, you know, being taught to kind of hate ourselves to embrace ourselves, you know, and I, and I kind of am somewhat responsible for the word melanin becoming popular in contemporary society. You know? How so? Well, I started, I started a thing called Melanin Monday like three years ago. It was, it was a hashtag. That was you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I started a hashtag called Melanin Monday and every Monday it was, we're encouraging people of color to embrace their beauty and that, kind of was a gear to make melanin popular in pop culture.
And my whole theme about it was because when you understand the science of melanin, it's much deeper than that. But just to give people a surface level perspective of what melanin is. And just showing them, starting by showing them beautiful subjects. And then now they're turning to a website. And I have a company called Melanin. What do you ultimately want to accomplish as a cultural ambassador through art? Obviously, you know, you're doing different things, correct? Yes. Um, I think just using my experiences, you know, I've been I've been exposed to a lot of cool things in life. And uh, I live a life that I am very happy of and proud of. So I think using my own experience and how I'm able to navigate my life and share that with other people. So whether it's about embracing yourself, loving yourself, loving your culture, loving your identity, these are things I like to share. And I think when you get some of these aspects of cultures, you can, you know, I put myself in a position where I can kind of speak on behalf of the culture. So um, a lot of people may know you for having your face painted. What does that symbolize? Yeah, so the, the paint we wear is, um, is what we call a maquillage. And it comes from a Congolese tradition. So in the Congo, we wear, in Africa generally, like a lot of Africans are known to adorn themselves, specifically where they're wearing bracelets or headpieces or, um, or paint. You know, it's, it's just our ways of highlighting our beauty and specifically like the region that we come from. So in the Congo, when my father was creating the ballet when they were doing this, they would paint their faces different colors for different meanings and they would wear the white for spirit for those we've lost. So when I lost my father in 2012, the pattern that he gave me when I was a kid that we used for ceremonies, I just kept wearing it and it became my thing. Um, so it's, for me, it's a, it's a homage to my father and like just carrying on tradition. Energetically, like how does it feel to carry on? It sounds to me like you're basically com connecting with your inner creator as well as your ascendant masters, your ancestors. Like, how does that feel for you knowing that it seems like you're carrying out a mission that was already destined, if that makes sense? Yeah, I live it, I live it. I think um, it's funny when you know that you have a path and mission in life, because, and I've known this since I was very young. I don't have the best memory, but I do remember being young, knowing that I was here for a purpose, like, and knowing that everything I was going to be doing was driving towards a purpose. So at a young age, I was already very patient with experiences and, like, taking in everything for what it is to get me to where I need to be, as opposed to just trying to rush through life. And um, I'm in a position now where I feel like I'm, a, I'm an experienced guy, so I try to give people that are in my journey with me experiences, but I, I know my distinctive path and what I'm really here for, if that makes sense. So what advice would you give to um, a person who may not be connected with their culture, with their ancestry, and they just want to find a way to have a home, so to speak? You know, essentially we all belong to something, and some people may feel super disconnected. So what advice would you give to those who just want to be connected to their, to their ancestry and don't really know where to start? I think, um, I said this before in an interview, I think um, wherever, the world is so small now with the internet and like with social media and how we've learned to gather and communicate like there are people like you out there and there's a lot of them and no matter what you come from no matter what you look like no matter what you represent or, or support there are going to be thousands and thousands of people on this planet that are going to relate to what you're what you want out of life so i think it's about going and finding those people and a lot of times people these people will be a lot closer than you than you think and um, i think a lot of times when you're going through um, just trying to find yourself assurance, assurance, and, and what you're here for. You're, you're looking in the 
you're not always looking in the right places for the right people that can help share that experience. So like, you might have some friends that can't relate to you or some family that can't relate to you, but they're gonna be people on the other side of the river that might get you more. So I think things like social groups, things like, you know, whether it's restaurants where people eat or whatever you're into, I think just start navigating yourself towards that lifestyle and you'll find that there's a lot of people that are in your vibe. I noticed with a lot of us, I know here as black Americans in the United States, we are connecting to our, our roots and we are adopting some things like, you know, like the dashikis, the, uh, the African prints, um, my face painting is being popular. So I know as somebody who is actually from, you know, it's verified, you know, from the Congo, very connected to the, to the, to the continent, you know what I mean? Like, how do you feel about people doing that, if that makes sense? Like, I know some people have been kind of, the discussion has been kind of mixed. Sometimes people are like, hey, embrace your roots, do it. And then some people are like, well, you're appropriating, you know? I think um, it's an interesting topic because you really have to ask yourself what appropriating is. Because I, I think we're all appropriating living in the States anyway, because you're embracing culture, culture that, that you don't come from, you don't stem from. And it could just be you being inspired by seeing how someone else got their get up and then you adding it to yourself. And that might have a whole culture with it that you're not aware of. So I think we're all appropriating to some degree. I think a lot of times we like to point the finger um, when, it's, when it doesn't have to do with, with uh, you know, subjects that we, you know, are affected by. And I think appropriation, when it comes to like the pain for us, we just embrace it, you know. This is something that we share at my concerts so or like, you know, when I'm performing, like my sisters will paint our fans' faces. And for me, we look at it like a tribe. We look at it like, you know, you're embracing my father's legacy and, and how we, and what his message was. So specifically, it's more of a, something that we embrace and we pay homage to. That's dope. So if you could describe one word to define Young Paris all the way through, one word, what would it be? Uh, um, Love, 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 love. You laughed like you was going to have a hard time. That was quick. So in a climate such as this, how important is it for people to embrace themselves and love themselves? I think it's super important. I think it's happening. You see it. You know, it's everywhere now. Like, we've been able to use social media and use these platforms and these tools to reshape the mindset. And it's just time. I think now the platforms are there, now the conversation is there, and it's just about people slowly taking that into their experience. But um, it's super important because when you live, like it helps my life. Like I get to wake up with a smile on my face or just with my chin high knowing that I'm an African male, no matter what room I'm in, I embrace it. And I think that just comes from self-love. And that, you know, that's something that African Americans and just darker skin or black people in general have dealt with throughout the, con throughout the planet, where it's like, you know, the darker you are, it seems like there's more suffering. And this is something that we're trying to reverse with subjects like melanin, where when you have more dark, you're actually more preserved from the earth. Like you're, you're more reserved, you're more, you have more information from the planet, like things like that, where just kind of reshaping the conversation because we've been brainwashed to hate, you know. And I think this is putting, using the American perception of putting the right images and the right conversations in people's faces is how to get them to change their values and their views. So for those who are unfamiliar with your music, you've had what, three albums in the past year? Year and a half? So, I know, right? What, African Vogue and then Afrobeats and then the newest with Let Me Love You? So 
what what do you go into the studio and you think, okay, new project? Like, what what goes through your mind when you're about to create something new? Um, I think I'm now. I'm thinking about the time. I'm thinking about what people, the conversations that people want to have, and how I can convey the message. Like even Afrobeats, that was a project for me to just tell people that Afrobeats is the new wave of music. Afrobeats is where the new contemporary African sound is going and to give people some of that music so they can get the ambiance. But I always have like an underlying message with my projects where it's like there's a deeper meaning than just embracing and enjoying. It's really about like what we're doing this for and now uh, let me love you even that. That's just touching on love, it's touching on some heartbreak, but also still celebrating love and heartbreak. Um, but yeah, I always try to give like a message, but just kind of give, put people in the perspective of the times that we're dealing with now and how I'm going through my experience in life. So I know with the times that we live in, things can get very, very rough. Things can be very um, trying, very tough. Um, a lot of things we see on TV, whether it's the suffering with the hurricanes, whether it's the state of America with our president, the whole nine, police brutality. How can people recharge their spirits? What are things that Young Paris does to recharge? Yeah, for me, I just reconnect. You know, I reconnect with my family, my loved ones. I reconnect with people that who have given me life, and uh, just try to re-embellish those moments. Like, once I go through something, I hit my mother. Like, you know, or I hit my sister or my brothers. And it's my way of saying, like, you know, I can't deal with this emotion on my own. You know, sometimes when you're going through trauma or traumatic experiences. That's why we have friends and family. It's not exactly for us to experience on our own. And I think when you have those people that you love, that you can connect with, that have been through similar situations, like that that, that allows us to reset. Where it's like, you know, even in the country, like when there are tra traumatic things, like you see the, the world responding, whether it's giving money or giving donations or showing a way to contribute. And they might not even know these people, but they know what, they might have never experienced it or, or never want to, but know what it is to give and know that it's to you know, appreciate a life. And I think, you know, it just brings you back home to what, our, what, what we're here for anyway. And it's just about experiences, you know, I keep saying this, but, you know, a big experience for me is family, and like having people that I value around me. So there might be time in life where I feel like I'm working and I'm doing my thing and I'm just on my own avenue and I don't really need to reset. And then I'll go through something where I'm like, Yo, you know what, let me just check in on the family. So I think it's the time to just check in. So how does it feel to um, be able to follow your dream? Because your family does does stuff in the arts too, right? So how does that feel? It seems like you guys are just like a, a musical, artistic family. Like how does that feel to be doing your own thing, but you're still a part of like a really dope collective of siblings? Yeah, so uh, we all do our own thing. You know, my sister's a play, my sister's a singer. The other one's a uh, a pastry chef and an artist. The other one does jewelry. Like we're all very creative, but we come from that. But we also support each other, you know, and I think that's the biggest um, outlet for us is knowing that we have a support system. You know, we grew up, just to get a little bit more personal, we kind of grew up being shamed by some of our family. So we really had ourselves and that really, that really built the strength of what we have as a bond, as a family. And I think, you know, sometimes you go through experiences where you're pushed away, but it brings you closer to something else. And that just, for, for me, it was family. So for those who, I mean, you were very fortunate to have a creative foundation from RIP, from your parents. I think a lot of us here, and I'm not really sure if it's a states thing, but that's the only, that's the only thing I can speak of. A lot of us were not raised that way. A lot of us were raised to be very practical. 
you go to school, you go to college, you get a job, and if you have some creative, yeah, that's cute, but you know, you need to get your money first, get your finances stabilized, and, and people might be scared to pursue their create, you know, their creativity or you know. So, what advice would you give to those who just want to be able to be like a young Paris and just live a creative lifestyle and, and be able to have a tribe of creatives around them, and they, they're too, they're too stuck in the, the programming of the nine to five and the, you know. Um, my sister has a project called Free People Tribe. Look, y'all looked that up. It's, it's dope. What's the name? It's called Free People Tribe, and it's uh. But honestly, I think there's a reality that that's there in the states because the states is a it's a monetized industrial society. It's built on capital. You know, you have to be realistic that in order to survive and make a living here, you have to have a structure and 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 just a relationship with what capital is. So what I try to do for myself is I live a very creative life, but I'm also I do have a practical side when it comes to like making sure that I have enough income to be able to support the creative lifestyle that I want to live. So. You know, it's not, it's not saying subscribe to a nine to five, but more like find a situation where you can actually get paid for what you love, you know. You know, I'm not all about just being out here and just being creative. Like, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I, I embrace that we've been, we, we have musicians and we have creatives that can be able to have, make money off and make a living off of what they love to do. And that's just, I support that the most is where you know that you can actually be able to support your family and friends and, but you can actually just love what you're doing, because then there's a, there's another super creative side where it's too creative, and you just run around here broke, pain everywhere, and it's like, you know, you got kids and shit. So you know, I, I think get your money, but just have fun while you're doing it. How did you end up on Rock Nation? Yeah, so one of the A&Rs at Rock, um, I was throwing some cool Afrobeats parties in the city a couple years ago. And one of the A&Rs just saw my vibe and my creative, my creativity and just how I moved out here and just took a liking to me. He followed me for like a year just watching how, how I worked. And I dropped African Vogue. And as soon as he heard the tape, he was like, yo, we got to bring you, son. He said, we got to bring you to, um, we gotta bring you to, the, to the family. And I, it's funny because he said, I, wanted, I want you to come by the office. I didn't even know what the office was. And I came in and it was Rock Nation. So. And we signed like two weeks after. Okay, so if you don't mind, I want to go into how you got to, to Rock Nation. So you were already throwing parties, right? So it sounds to me like you were creating your own wave. So, for, I mean, how? How does one create their own wave like that? Yeah, I think people were craving for culture and Afrobeats. I already saw that Afrobeats was about to be what it is becoming. And I wanted to jump ahead. I wanted to jump in front of it before it started growing this much in the States. And like I started throwing parties, getting DJs to play Afrobeats. And you know, we were doing things like the Brooklyn Museum and I had my own like like monthly thing happening in New York City. But um, I think it's just being ahead of the game and just seeing things for what they are before they become what they are. And I'm good at that. Same thing I did with Melanin. You know, just seeing a piece of culture that people are gonna gravitate towards and being able to implement it and put it in culture in your own way. And um, you know, I also was doing a music thing. Like, you know, I had some records that were doing well. But I think once I dropped African Vogue, that really was like, the stamp for a lot of people. So what is next for Young Paris? Um, you know, right now I'm really excited about the visuals. Like, I dropped a lot of music, I, I told my story, you know, I showed my image of who I am. I did a lot of stuff in fashion. We shot with Vogue, we shot with W Mag, we did CR Fashion Book, we did Harper's Bazaar. Um, so I really showed the image of what I wanted to project from this contemporary African perspective. <coughs> 
and now it's really about the music and the and the, and the visuals. So I'm about to do a lot of videos, like a lot of videos. Everybody does not have good days. Sometimes there are days when they're on the grind, maybe like a young Paris trying to do their thing, trying to create their own wave, and they might be a little unsure or they might be doubtful or they might not even have a positive view of what they're doing or whether it's even worth the payoff. So what advice would you give to those who are kind of going through that or might have a bad day where they're like, why am I doing this for? Um, I definitely have these days. I definitely get right as block. I definitely want to give up. I'm telling y'all. Even all the shit that I've been doing, I still have my days where I'm like, I don't even know if this is for me. Um, and I think, again, like, checking on the people around you that, that can help re-inspire you for why you're doing what you're doing. Like, I also find that the second I'm starting to doubt myself, my sister or one of my siblings will be there and be like, do you, do you know who you are? Like, and, you know, I think it's natural. Just embrace it. Because that's, I think that's God and the universe telling you that, there's so much more, there's, you know, there's so much more inspiration and creativity you could bring to the world and you're not done yet, you know. Um, and just, I think every time you have these moments of just what the balance of life gives you, whether it's super positive and super outlooking and forward thinking at the same time, like, you get your down times and, it, and sometimes that's a time to just reset and just remind yourself what you're doing it for because sometimes you do need to give up on, on something that's, that you might not thought that was for you and you see that there's a whole new avenue for something else you could actually be doing and that could just be a job you know that could be a nine to five where you're like you know, I really like this but I'm so driven by this piece of art that I want to create for myself and sometimes you go through an experience where you need to go down and pick yourself back up and it's okay where does John Perry see himself in five years oh that's one question I never like to answer because I, I give that to God yo you know what? I don't think anybody I've interviewed ever likes that question because a lot of people that I interview, they're very go with the flow and they're very just like, let's just roll with it as time goes on to see where it aligns, you know, in terms of what I'm going to do and what I'm supposed to be doing. So, honestly, if somebody asked me that question, I wouldn't like it either. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not that I don't like it. It's more like, I think when you understand God's power and whatever you want to call God, you know, I like to call God a universe, but when you see what the universe can do for you, like it's, I, I see it like an exchange, like I'm the vessel, but we're doing this together, you know. So I don't know what the universe wants for me in five years, but I know I'm gonna be doing some dope shit. <laughs> so you don't know for sure, but it's gonna be dope. I fool with it. So how can people get in touch with you? Oh, at Young Paris and everything. So do you have do you have like any like websites for for melanin or? Our site for melanated.com is down right now. Um, because we're re we're reinstating everything. We're still very heavy on social media. I got a few accounts that, have, that run mountain pages. Um, but right now we're just trying to, because I need to get a staff, I need to get the right people to implement how we want to make this project more physical. Because we want to do like a mountain festival, we, don't, we want to talk about food, we want to talk about health, nutrition, you know, physicality, and all this that really goes into the, the people of color experience. Um, and it's, a lot of these images we show online, but I really want to get this to become more physical. So we're kind of re, we're under construction, but it's but it's working out. But melanated.com will be back up next year. Is there anything else that you would want us to know about the man that is Young Paris? Uh, young, just just look out for me, man. I'm a bit unpredictable, somewhat spontaneous, and like I'm just a creative. So I'm always going to come up with new ideas, new creative things to do, and I'm just you know. I live for experiences, I live for, for being alive, and, I, and I'm just, I love it. You know? I think um, I'm excited for more collaborations, I'm excited for what, what African artists are doing 
in Africa and bringing that over here from the continent. And I think you should really be also looking at these guys because there's some really cool things coming out of Africa right now. One more question. What is the meaning of the word love to you? Love to me is, um, love is just pure. Love is just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's respecting life for what it is. respecting life for what it is. All right, and there we have it, an interview with Young Paris. And that was this week's interview with Young Paris. I hope you guys got a better understanding and awareness, if you weren't familiar already, about who he is and how important it is for us to all celebrate and embrace and love our melanin. So if you need to find Young Paris, you can find him virtually anywhere. Musically, you can find him on every platform. Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora. You can find him on Instagram, Young Paris. You'll see him jet-setting to some event somewhere, a black tie event, some kind of five fashion event. He's probably going to be shooting a video, or he'll be jetting on a plane somewhere to yet another conference. So it's really cool, again, to, to watch his journey and see him just do so much positive work and so many great things, um, not only in the community at large, but in the world at large it's really inspiring but if you guys need to find me you can find me at spiritualhomegirl.com you can find me on youtube instagram facebook at spiritual homegirl also on twitter at spirit homegirl i didn't want to hold you guys too much longer i am just still floating off of being able to <laughs> being able to interview young paris it was a really great experience but that is it y'all my name is maria and this has been another episode of the spiritual homegirl podcast trust the journey and trust yourself peace